Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast dedicated to teaching, sharing, and learning the game. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Steve Kramer, player development coach, owner of Kramer Basketball, and today we talk about the high school shot clock, the pros, the cons, and what that would look like. And I bring in varsity basketball coach Anthony Troshak of Brown City High School to share some of his research, some of his ideas on what that would look like. And spoiler alert, we're both pro shot clock. Before we get into our interview, we'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, Richardson Automotive of Standish and Gladwin, serving mid-Michigan in the thumb with their big three automotive needs. They have a wide range of products from Chevy, Buick, Ford, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, and Ram. They also have a large selection of pre-owned vehicles. With one of the largest selections of trucks in the state, they are sure to fit your needs. Standish and Gladwin, our truck country, stop in and see them today. And I can tell you from firsthand experience, they will get you right. When I lived in Ohio, I still went all the way up to Standish because I knew they were going to take care of me when it came to getting a new vehicle. Richardson Automotive of Standish and Gladwin, they are all about service. Coach Troshak, welcome back to the Coach's Edge Pod. Thanks for taking the time. How are you doing? I'm doing great today. Thanks for having me back on, Coach. High school shot clock. You're obviously a varsity basketball coach. This is a hot topic, especially during the pandemic. I feel like coaches need extra things to talk about because they can't work with their players as often. And so this has been a hot topic throughout the summer with the, with the high school shot clock. And we brought this up to you. You did a little research on you know states that have it and some different things. And so I'm excited to talk about the pros, the cons, kind of see where, where you lie, um, give a little bit of the background of, you know, my opinion on it and my experiences. Um, so if we're doing pros and cons, let's do something different than, than most people do. Coach, you have a list kind of made out of some of the cons of having a shot clock. And so I want to go through that first. But I also, we had a Twitter poll on the Coach's Edge. So it's at Coach's Edge 1 if uh, you want to follow us on Twitter. And we had about 100 people vote, who I'm assuming are mostly high school coaches, on do they prefer or do they want a shot clock at the high school level. And it was about 70% for the shot clock. Coach, I was a little bit surprised that it was only 7%. What did you think of that poll? Yeah, I, I thought it'd be a little higher, um, but you know, it's tough to to see who's 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 answering that question. It could be kids. It could you know whoever's following us on Twitter. I'm assuming most were high school coaches, um, but it was about where I thought it was a little lower from for the shot clock than I actually thought it'd be. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I thought it'd be closer to like eighty percent, probably you know eighty eighty to ninety percent. Um, so it was a little lower, but you know, you've dug in, dug into some of the cons and I think there's some, some really good points. Um, and so you know, what are, you know, what's a reason why the shot clock isn't a good idea at the high school level? Um, well, first full disclosure, I voted for the shot clock on, on the, the online Twitter poll and couple months ago I would have definitely been like yeah that's a no-brainer you know we need a shot clock in high school basketball look at these you know district games that are finishing 18 to 16 it would have been a no-brainer 
but then when we kind of talked about this podcast and this idea, you know, I had reasons for why I thought the shot clock should be implemented in high school basketball, but I didn't have a lot of reasons why not. So I started diving into it a little and, you know, a couple, one thing is, does it really make an impact? So max preps, and I, I don't really know exactly how their study was done. I don't know if it was just the games that, um, you know, high school coaches basically submit their scores some, somehow, some way there's their scores on max preps, but nine out of the top 10 scoring states did not have a shot clock. Um, let me check my notes, but I believe the only state that had a shot clock uh, North Dakota, and they were ranked 10th. Now, numbers can be misleading, so you have to kind of read into it. Like Minnesota, uh, they're the highest scoring state in uh, the country at uh, 115, and this poll was done in, or this, this study was done in uh, 2013 and 14 season, but they also play two 18-minute um, halves, so they're playing more time. So you got to kind of wash that one out. But from what I've um, discovered is, all the other states are playing by the, the exact same time um, per quarter or per half, and they're scoring at the, at the same rate. So, you know, the argument is, does it really make an impact? And, you know, that's, that's the question. Is it worth, you know, like cost is another uh, con. Is it, is it worth the money? Not only that the initial, you know, the initial setup costs, but every game you have to have somebody there and you, they have to be knowledgeable enough and work with the official to run the shot clock. And that's important. I mean, you know, we, we want games that are on time. We want games that are, that have flow. And if the shot clock isn't operating correctly or the operator isn't running it correctly, that could just damage the whole point of having a shot clock, which is game flow. Um, right, so, the, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but what? the, the shot clock is meant to give the game flow and to speed it up. But you're right. If, if the person running the shot clock isn't on the ball, it's going to do the opposite and actually slow the game down. And we're going to, you know, referees going to be going over to the scores table. You know, there was still, you know, put too much set two seconds more on the game clock because this one expired, that one kept running. Uh, so there's definitely some, some training that needs to be involved for that to be, to be on the money. Um, I will say when I was coaching basketball overseas, um, I mean, it was, we were in some rinky dink gyms with very small bleachers. You know, I've been at junior high games. I've coached lower level high school games over there. And usually at a lot of those games, they would have a box. They would have a, a, a box on each baseline and there would be a long cord stretching out from the scorers table to each side. So if you wanted to see how much time was left on the shot clock you were actually looking down on the floor like trying to look through people's legs almost into the corner <laughs> to see you know this this big box that was just a 24 second clock it might have been you know two feet high by a foot and a half wide something like that and uh i'm the you know the nice thing is i'm sure it didn't cost a whole lot of money to get that that box going um but but we get talked to the training aspect of there were some people that messed it up at times and it did slow the game down because, you know, the referee would have to come over and, and reset, reset the clock or the, or they didn't stop it at the same time the game clock went off. So that's always um, going to be an issue, especially I think at lower levels where training gets more, 
more difficult. Um, what are some of the other cons of having a shot clock at the high school level? Well, you know, speaking on the training and the cost, I think the cost personally is a, not a great argument because you could throw a sponsor on a shot clock, whether that's a big sponsor and Nike wants to throw them in all of the high school gyms across America or that, whether that's a local sponsor. I think that one is not the greatest argument. The training is a decent argument, but if you look at like volleyball, um, I don't know if you're familiar with volleyball. They went to, in the state of Michigan, rally scoring and a libero. So a libero is somebody that only plays defense and they can sub in for anybody. And I'm not an expert. I actually, actually had to ask our volleyball coach about the libero. But, you know, people thought, well, that's going to be difficult to track. You know, who are we going to find a track? And she's like, I can pull anybody out of the stands and teach a junior. She's like, I could teach a junior high kid how to track the libero. So at first, yeah, like you mentioned, there's going to be hiccups with the operator of the shot clock. But over time, I think, you know, it, it would work itself out. Um, but answering the question, continuing on, you know, maybe some possible cons of the shot clock is one that, you know, I hadn't really thought of, but it might make the game kind of like vanilla or everyone's running the same thing. If, if you kind of see the NBA, the trends of, you know, isolation of ball screen, especially late in the shot clock, you can almost predict what a team's going to do late in the shot clock. And I feel like that would happen over and over again in the high school game. And what's nice about the high school game is you can walk into any gym, and I know you have experience coaching at different schools and being a part of different schools, but you can walk into one school and their pace is slower um, offensively and defense. They're running a completely different style. Then you go across, you know, across town or whatever, across the city, and you watch another high school team play, and they're fast-paced. And I think that makes the game unique, and it also allows for coaches to, you know, tailor to their athletes. So I have, you know, with the shot clock, there could be a fear of everyone's going to run on defense, a token 2-2-1 to slow down teams. They're going to fall back into a zone or pack line because they're going to waste some time off the clock, and they're going to force teams to just take outside shots. That's that's the smart move, I think, um, at the high school level. Um, but, you know, like I said, it, I feel like it could make the game a little vanilla. I, I, I somewhat understand that argument. Um, at the same time, I feel like, you know, at the college level, there's still so many styles of the game, right? And, and so it's up to a coach, I think, to find a way that fits for their program that's going to give them a chance to succeed, you know, like uh, – a Rick Pitino team is going to press. Uh, a Virginia Bennett team is going to really get back in transition. You know, they're going to play the pack line. Um, you know, Bayheim is going to come out in Syracuse with a 2-3 zone, right? All got the same amount of time on the clock, right? But a very, very different styles of, of play. Um, so, you know, I know I'm talking defensively there, but, you know, when you change the defense, you also have an impact on what the offense is, is running as well. So, you know, I think, you know, just, just to counter that, I mean, there's, there's definitely ways that you can stand out and, and be different um, if, you, if you really choose to and see a way that's going to benefit you. Um, you know, what are some other things that you've kind of researched and learned about that, that would hurt having a shot clock at the high school level? Um, another one that I fear that, um, especially at the younger levels or early on is poor shot selection. Like the ball's not going to move. It's going to be in somebody's hands. And then they think, 
eight seconds is really a long time, but, you know, kids see that on the clock and then they're chucking off a shot. And especially at first, I mean, the adjustment would be, would be, um, it'd be a big adjustment is what I'm saying. And then really at the, if you're, if you're using the shot clock at the freshman and JV level, I mean, that's where it really impacts. And where do you start? Do you start at the varsity level and just run at the varsity level? Um, or do you, let's say Michigan wanted to implement the shot clocks next year, but you wanted to do it for all levels. Would you start with the freshman? Cause that makes the most sense. You want to have them use it their freshman year, their sophomore year. It wouldn't make a lot of sense to just throw it to the juniors and seniors. This is their only, especially the seniors, they play with shot clock for one year. So that's kind of another um, thought. I guess it's not really a count, but just kind of something that I never thought about um, when implementing the shot clock. Yeah. I mean, when I was, when I was coaching over in, in Germany and then going to some junior high games at the international level and they're playing with a 24 second shot clock. It's like, man. Um, and, and honestly, like that was 10 over 10 years ago. If you would have told me high school shot clock back then, I may have been a little more against it or at least at a younger level. I mean, I'm pro now. Overseas basketball gets a ton of credit and rightfully so. You know, like the, the the overall skill, I think a lot of the games, the small side of games, so many tactics that we're using over here in the States, we got from coaches that are doing things internationally, training styles as well, like some out of the box things. I feel like there's a lot of coaches over there. They're just like, we'll just do something new. Like, why not? Let's try it out. Right. Um, but seeing the shot clock at such a young level, those kids are playing on such a big court and they're, they're not as fast as they're going to be. They're not as strong as they're going to be. They're not as skilled as they're going to be. And so seeing them only have 24 seconds to try to get all the way down a, a big court and to try to make a play, it can lead to some ugly basketball. And a lot of, we took a couple passes. Oh man, like you said, I got seven seconds left on the shot clock and we haven't really put the defense in a tough position yet. And so you can see some, some poor basketball being played. Now, do the kids get used to it? Absolutely. And you could argue that all that ugliness at a young age benefits them later on, right? I mean, there's, yeah. there's a lot of training that goes into like, hey, we got to make this ugly now because it's going to look good later. And I've seen some of that firsthand. To take that argument the other way around, that'd be like saying uh, to a fourth grader, we're going to keep the hoop at 10 feet, right? Because it may be ugly now, but don't worry, it's gonna, you're just going to get taller, stronger, and that 10 foot's going to be easier, right? Well, we don't really say that, right? We lower the baskets for our younger ages. We try to teach them the right mechanics, how to hold the basketball to get it there. So they have to shot, put it up there off their shoulder, or granny shot it to get it through the hoop, right? And that's a little bit of what I saw internationally was, you know, could we add more time? to the clock over there. So kids could get the basketball, advance it up the court and have the chance to work the basketball around and try to attack without be looking over their shoulder and saying, Oh man, the, the shot clock's running down already. We got to force a difficult shot. So that's definitely one thing that I've thought about a lot at the younger levels, but you made a great point at the varsity level. If that's the only time that they get to play with the shot clock, you're talking about making the game brand new and possibly ugly at the highest level that most players are ever going to play at, which is high school basketball. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense either. You know, I, so I feel like it would have to be, 
you know, ninth through 12, or at the very least, you know, JV ball and up to give them an opportunity to learn what that shot clock is going to be like before they, before they get to use it at the high school level. Um, Coach, what else do you have as far as some of the cons of having a shot clock? Um, just a couple other ones is um, one, it was kind of time going back to who's running the shot clock, the operator, but they have to work with the official. And I know I mentioned that, but I was looking through um, some articles and one official was quoted and it's just one official, but he was quoted as saying, you know, the shot clock is the most difficult part of you know, officiating. Um, whether it is, you know, the mechanics, whether it was working with the operator or simply, you know, did that shot get off in time in college basketball, they have the, um, they're fortunate enough to be able to go to the replay and in the NBA, they can watch replay in high school. I mean, how many shots would come down to that last second on the shot clock and there's no replay. And then do they discuss it? Does it slow down the game? So in officials, I mean, they have a tough enough job already. I mean, Chip was on here, and, man, I love following that guy on Twitter. It was a great podcast. Um, but, you know, and he's on top of the game. Let me tell you that. But he's on top of his game. But the officials have it tough already, so we're throwing another thing at him. I mean, I think that at times might might seem like a lot. But, again, back to it probably would be, like you said, it's going to be ugly at first. And it might take a little time to adjust, which is why I almost think, you know, why not? start at the lower levels, the freshmen and JV, and then those kids get used to it while they move up. Plus it allows those officials to get used to it too and the operator and all that for a couple of years before it's not playing at the highest level. Um, so that's one. And then last one, um, small one, but kind of one I was thinking about when I was thinking about practice is you got to practice with the shot clock. Now we're a class C school, not very large. And my managers are in, first and like second grade and they're running around just getting water. I just love having them in the gym. You know, they're not there for, you know, the management part of it, but I know that they're not going to be able to run the shot clock. So who am I going to be able to get to run the shot clock and practice? And you got to practice with it. Um, so that, that's another, you know, it's a smaller issue. And, um, but it's definitely one you got to think about. That's a good point. I think you, you know, I think some coaches might argue, we already shoot it within 24 seconds anyway, and it's never going to affect us. We don't need to practice with it. Um, you know, and so that's a, that's almost an argument to not have the shot clock as, as well. Right. Is, is there's many coaches listening who are like, it's not going to affect us anyway. You know, we don't play teams that are burning up that much clock. We don't. So, you know, what's the point of spending the money and training and, and doing all these things to get a shot clock if, we're not going to have to have to deal with it. Um, now, I know that I was uh, assistant coach in Michigan with Coach Gainforth, Hall of Fame coach, 500-plus wins. He wasn't going to have much of a problem with the offense and the style of play that he had. The shot clock really wouldn't have affected how they played the game, um, except, you know, they would have scored a lot more points when they were up 20 or 30 in the fourth quarter. And that's the only time he stalled is when he was up by, you know, and tell the kids you got to pass it five times or 10 times because we don't want to rub the score in. Um, so the, they, the, the scores would have been a lot different, but it wouldn't affected like the meat of that game, actually, the result of that game, win or loss. And then 
when I was coaching in Ohio with Coach Boyce, who's another, I mean, he's won 600 plus games. He's in the, like the OHSA Hall of Fame already, something like that, still doing his thing. And the shot clock would have, would, you know, he's still coaching, would definitely affect his style of play because he's a, their game is, is tactical, right? He sees uh, what the defense is doing and he's, the team has a big playbook and he's picking out a specific play in his mind that's going to work with the way defense is playing. And if it doesn't work, hey, there's no shot clock. So he just pulls it back out and he runs another play. And so, yeah, they might get a shot off in 20 seconds or 15 seconds, but they also might burn 90 seconds off the clock in the first, second, third, you know, spend a ton of time on the ball because, you know, why would you settle for a poor shot when there's no reason to do that? Just pull it out and, and try to get uh, another shot. So, um, and that brings up, a, I'm glad you mentioned it because it brings up um, a point that I forgot about is, you know, the team that you're talking about in Ohio that slows it down a little, they're, they're probably a good team. They work together. And maybe I'm just assuming it, but if that coach is running those type of things and going, all right, let's run a set, they probably don't have year in and year out like a player or two that they can throw to and be like, go get us a bucket when the shot clock's low. So with having a shot clock, it might not be the most talented or the best teams winning. It might be the teams with the best player, like that one or two dudes dudes that can just go get a bucket um and the other guys are kind of just there where if you have a shot clock you know good teams can kind of basically you know move the ball and they can all be involved and it shows that the, that teamwork instead of just one guy going to get a shot um late in the shot clock or two guys doing the majority of your scoring yeah that's a good point i i mean i didn't think of it like that but it, it is another way of when it comes down to a shot clock somebody has to make a play that clock is always going to wind down. And whether, like you said, at a lot of the higher levels, it winds up with a ball screen into making a play or more of an isolation situation, somebody's got to make the play. Whereas if there is no shot clock, it's more so, okay, we reset and the team itself will come up with the shot because there's not something, you know, over our shoulder that we have to continue to look at and say, we just got to force, force something up. If you could choose. Shot clock, okay, we have it. What do you think would be the best time to put or limit to put on what that shot clock would be at the high school level? I'm glad you asked that. And I'm also wondering if we should throw that on Twitter on the Coach's Edge um, feed and, and see what they think. But I, I would be in favor of 35 seconds. Um, I don't know if you at the younger levels could go more, or I think 35 is enough. But I think that that would be that would be a good starting point. Um, if if we think you need to go down to thirty, you need to go down to thirty. But thirty five is where I would start. What about yourself? I'm thinking thirty five at at the lowest, honestly. And when I asked you about being on this episode, talking about the shot clock, not to up scoring per game, um, not to do anything as far as pace necessarily. It's just I can't stand it when I go to a game and someone pins the basketball on their hip and they're burning and just playing keep away, you know, cause to me, that's, is there some gamesmanship in there? Yeah, of course there is because it's within the rules and, and you can, you can do that in I think 40 out of 50 States in the U S um, but that's not the game that has been played 
for 32 minutes, at least many of the games that I have been to. And I can go all the way back to when I was a high school player where all of a sudden one of the coaches is like, nope, we're just pinning this ball and you either got to change everything up and try to go get them or foul. Um, and so it's, it's simply to, you know, I'll give this example. And I've seen this example many times, which is why I like to use it. You've been playing the game, 32 minute game, right? You've been playing uh, a certain way for approximately 28, 29 minutes. There's three, four minutes left in the game. The one team is up six or seven points. And then what happens? They just hold the ball or they just pass it around the perimeter. And they've essentially said, you got to foul us for the next three or four minutes if you want to come back in this game. And we're going to shoot it into turn into a free throw contest for us. You're going to have to come down and score quick. And that that's all it is, right? And, th and that's been a complaint at many levels for a really long time. And so it's it's frustrating for me to go two games and have been a part of games where, where teams do that. And putting a shot clock in means that you have to play somewhat the same game, the way basketball, in my opinion, is meant to be played for basically the course of that game, really until you're getting into the last, you know, minute and a half of a team's really down, they're really going to have to foul anyway. But that defensive team, that team that's down, they're making the decision to do it instead of the team that's up seven and there's three minutes left and they're like, we're just pinning this ball on the hip, come out and get us. To me, that's my biggest frustration. That's the biggest reason I'm probably pro shot clock is, is that one right there. Same here, Coach. I 100% agree with you, and I think most coaches would agree with you. And you kind of mentioned it earlier that, you know, a lot of teams aren't impacted by the shot clock, and I would say until the end of the game, until the last six minutes. So that team that, you know, whether they're up or down, the shot clock wouldn't have impacted the first three and a half quarters, but then when it comes crunch time and you got an eight-point lead with four minutes left, you're, you're maybe, maybe it's your philosophy or three minutes left to kind of just sit on it. Put it, pin it, um, take 50 seconds off the clock. And I think that's when, you know, that's, that's the main reason I'm for it too. And I've been part of both sides where we've stalled or had it happen to us. So it, it does even out, but it doesn't make the game extremely entertaining down the stretch because kind of the, everyone in the stands knows, all right, they're going to stall. They're going to pull it out. The other team's going to have to foul. They're going to have to knock down their free throws, which is a skill. You got to make free throws to win the game. Don't get me wrong. But it's, it's not the basketball, like you said, that had been played for the first three and a half quarters. Uh, it kills the flow of the game. I mean, when a team decides to, hey, let's just, let's just hold it for the win because we have a little lead or let's spread these guys out. Um, but I 100% I agree with you. Um, and, you know, on the topic of, of stalling, we do see those extreme outliers, like I meant, outliers, like I mentioned earlier, where it's a 20 to 16 point, you know, game and a district game and that's usually a team that doesn't think they can match up athleticism wise and they stall it and that's just it's awful to watch a lot of times it ends up backfiring I mean how many times have you heard a team stalling like that and really you know pulled an upset most most teams with that athleticism are going to go oh you're going to stall or we're going to trap you and we're going to get up 10 and then what's the point of stalling before we get into the pros are there any other cons that you can think of that you failed to that we failed to mention no, not off the top of my head, you know, um, 
kind of talked about there's you know in, in every pro you could have a counter argument in every kind you could have a counter argument so it's it's something that goes back and forth um but definitely yeah talk about some of the positives of it it's you know skill wise players and coaches are going to have to improve their their skills because there's less time to accomplish what they want to accomplish i i as a high school coach i like the strategy part of it offensively and defensively late in the shot clock what are we going to do on offense um, if we're on defense late in the shot clock um, maybe under 10 seconds we have a call where we trap any ball screen i was just uh, thinking the same thing it just, we, just trap it out of, yeah. we trap it out of the best players hands because in high school basketball you know at least where, where I'm coaching is they got one or two guys that they probably feel comfortable with the ball at the end of uh, the shot clock. So let's get it out of those, those guys' hands, make somebody else do with it. So I kind of like the, the strategic part of, uh, of having a shot clock. Yeah, there's strategy both ways. I think one thing that coaches that are against the shot clock is they might think that giving the shot clock you know, if, if you're a really controlling coach, like you really want to have control over every single play, it's kind of a diagram. You like to run a lot of sets. Not having a shot clock is going to be great for you. You're going to be able to run multiple sets in a single possession. Whereas like you mentioned before, you might get a chance to run a set. That doesn't work. It's creation time, right? And then what you're talking about, it, it gets a little interesting defensively is, okay, now we're going to do something you know, as the shot clock gets down, if it's six seconds or less, we're always going to do this if there's a ball screen. And so that to me is, is fun as well. And it would be a new side of high school basketball that we've never seen before. And something that we failed to mention is everywhere in the world, there's a shot clock except for the United States, every place. Right. And in the United States, we have it in college. We have it in pro, obviously, internationally. It's at, you know, basically every single level. If you want to stay different, I guess high school (laughs) basketball in the U.S. is a great way to be different than everybody else. You know, personally, I choose to be different in a other way than the fact that we don't have a, a shot clock here. The flow of the game, I'm talking about the flow of the game. The flow of the game is going to be more attractive. It's, it's going to be have a, a pace to it that even if you're a team that plays a little bit slower, you can still play somewhat methodically and still get your shot up within 35 seconds. The teams that play fast, you're still going to be able to play fast and get your shot up, and that shouldn't even affect your style of play anyway. And the shot clock is going to help you play that style easier right um what are some other of the big pros that you think having a shot clock will give us um kind of what you talked about is you know using that shot clock if a team wants to um kind of bleed it out but also i feel without the shot clock some players are hesitant to take an open shot because they're like well it's it's an open shot but i want to we're forcing you know a bad shot so it ends up being a bad shot anyway. Why not take an earlier shot? And with having the shot clock, you're going to take a good look early in your offense instead of, you know, taking a bad shot. Or a lot of times what happens, especially at the younger levels, they pass up a good shot. So I think it would help players' recognition, and then they would have to, you know, step up their skill set, you know, ultimately just take that shot earlier because, well, that shot clock's there. Um, and that also leads to more possessions. And the more possessions a game – um, 
you know, the team that has more talent, more skill is going to win. For example, if, you know, the team I coach, a Class C team in Brown City, were to play the Golden State Warriors, but we're only going to play for one minute, and we somehow stole the tip, we could win the game. Like, we make one shot, we get fouled. We could win. Now, if we play the Golden State Warriors for 32 minutes, you know what's going to happen. All right. <laughs> um, we're going to gonna be on the wrong side of that. So the more possessions um, in a game, the more likely, you know, the, the talent should, should manifest and be displayed um, from the more talented players and, and the more talented teams ultimately should end up winning the game. So I think that's another really, really positive thing from having a shot clock. I agree. Greater skill um, should – should blossom within the shot clock. Um, and I also think that coaches, coaches can also shine with the shot clock because anytime that there's something new, those that adapt fastest are going to have an advantage. So coaches would essentially get an opportunity to restart or redo some things. And if they can jump on something that works before a lot of other coaches in their league, their conference, their region are getting the hang of it, everybody's gonna be like, whoa, whoa, Brown City, what, you know, they're off to a nine and nine and one start, but nobody saw that, that coming this year. And they're like, well, Coach Troshak is actually doing some pretty cutting edge things as far as utilizing the shot clock and the shot clock offensively and defensively, because for much more possessions throughout the course of the game, that shot clock winding down is going to to play a role. And so being able to utilize that and be a kind of on the cutting edge of what may or may not work for yourself and for other teams would be a really cool thing to see what, what coaches are, are trying to install in end o'clock situation. Just getting rid of the stalling is again, my, my biggest reason for why I think we, we do need the shot clock. We've already mentioned, you know, we're the only level <laughs> that doesn't have uh, a shot clock. We're trying to teach that internationally. Um, you know, I think, you know, you even made a note on here, the junior NBA is using a shot clock. Um, me coaching overseas, we, we had that shot clock and it develops players. Kids learn to make the play. And I remember my brother, Micah, who's currently a college player, that was something that he had to adjust to was, in high school, if you didn't have a great shot, that's okay. Move it, pull it out. And then when he went to play college basketball and they're on a shot clock, if you have a shot, even if it's not the perfect shot, that happened to be the best shot that was available in those 30 seconds of time that you had. And so I remember him getting in trouble with like coach and teammates. They were like, dude, why didn't you shoot that ball? He's like, hi, I just didn't think that was like the right shot to take. It's like, well, you got a clock. You got a clock now. You you got to, you've got to pull it. Um, I th and I think that's something that is is fun once people get used to that style of of play. Um, what are some other positives you see to having the clock, Coach? Um, from a coaching aspect, you kind of mentioned the, the strategy, but I also think it simplifies stuff. All right, so you're game planning, and one team you play on Tuesday night stalls and you know does this and just runs, like I said, set after set after set, and the other team, you play on Friday's fast pace, you got a game plan completely different. Not that you wouldn't with the shot clock, but it would be less of a, a gap. Um, so it would simplify 
And some years I feel like, you know, oh, we got an athletic team. Let's get up and press. It would simplify. So I feel like teams would have the same thing every, every year. And, you know, with that consistency, I feel like programs could build. Um, because at times myself, I, and I know coaches out there agree, we like overcoach. Um, and with the shot clock, it would, it would simplify a little of the game. And I feel like we wouldn't have as much to think about because, well, we got that shot clock on offense and on defense. It's kind of a, a common denominator. There are some cool things, as you mentioned, that coaches can get excited about adding the shot clock. And I think what we both agree on is it's not about, you know, can we up the ante on how many points are getting scored and getting this game going up and down, but it's just overall general fluidity of the game, right? Where it's not getting sticky. And then the end of game situations are going to be more like the regular three quarters of the game that we've just watched because coach, as much as there's gamesmanship and, you want to win that game and the other coach wants to win that game. You know, they didn't pay their five or six bucks for that ticket to watch, you know, the last, what ends up getting drug out of 15 minutes of players going shooting free throws and fouling and all that stuff. We don't want to see that. Yeah, I agree. And kind of mentioned before, I wonder if, I know it's impossible, but it would be awesome if we could just implement the shot clock at the end of the game, which got me thinking like, could you do an Elam ending? So instead of implementing the shot clock, just add the Elam ending. And I want to ask you, what do you think that would look like in high school basketball? So if you're not familiar with the Elam ending and you didn't watch the basketball tournament um, a few weeks ago is with four minutes left in the game, first dead ball. And I think I'm going to get, hopefully I don't mess it up. First dead ball, you add eight points onto, you know, the, the team that has the highest total. So if somebody has 70 points, the target score is 78. So once the, the first team hits 78, the game's over. There's no clock. That's the thing that, I don't know, would teams still stall and be like, well, we have the ball. You're going to have to follow us, so we're going to make free throws. But then maybe you're thinking of, are we trading three for two? Um, could you just simply put up a minute on the clock that you already have instead of having a new shot clock? I don't know. What's your thought about the Elam ending and how that would work? Just spitballing here. <laughs> you've, you've, you've confused me here. You've confused me here. So if we have the Elam ending, do we have the shot clock? No, no. I'm saying no shot clock. No shot clock, just Elam ending. So if it's 70 to 60, the leading team, whoever gets a 78 first, but no shot clock, I think that's a terrible idea. <laughs> I, I, I think you would need, if you're going to have the Elam ending, which is exciting, um, you know, one of the guys I trained just played in the TBT. Um, you need to have the shot clock and the Elam ending in order for it to, to work because I think teams were going to milk if they're up 70 to 60 and even the teams that are, that are down. If there's no game clock anymore, there's no shot clock anymore, why should I take any shot unless it's like a wide open layup or a wide open three like you just teams aren't going to shoot it right so i think that the last unless you could really cause turnovers to get out in transition you know and, and players are becoming so good with handling the ball and protecting it it's elam ending must be with a shot clock i don't see how it would how it would work otherwise 
you'd have to score to win. So that'd be the thing. Like you couldn't, if you're on offense, yeah, you could work and stall for, to get a good shot. That's what I was thinking. And then this is, I mean, it wouldn't, I don't think it'd work, but if you just used your game clock and said 40 seconds is the shot clock, you wouldn't have to have a shot clock, but it'd be really tough to reset. But it was just a thought. Um, but I do like the Elam ending overall. Um, I just wanted to kind of, ask your opinion and uh, you shot it down pretty quick, which that's fine. I, I wasn't really confident in that, uh, that um, Elam ending without, without a shot clock. That's why my notes, it kind of has some question marks after Like, I'm not really sure about this revision. You can bring it up. As entertaining as the Elam ending is, it was, it was entertaining in the NBA all-star game. It's entertaining with the, with the TBT. I like it. It reminds me of playing in, you know, local three on three tournaments growing up. And hey, you got to get to 15. Like somebody's got to hit that game winning shot, no matter what the score is. Um, but I think if you're if you're doing the lamenting, there's got to be a, a shot clock. I think we're a ways away from that happening at the high school level or any level. Um, let's just see if we can get the shot clock in all 50 states first. And then yeah. we'll we'll go from there. Maybe a hundred years from now, everybody <laughs> will be will be listening to this podcast and we'll say, "Man, I can't believe they weren't <laughs> doing the Elam ending back then." You yeah. know, that might be that could be realistic, but it might take us that long. The way the way we're kind of moving here. So, coach, anything else that we didn't mention as far as pros cons or other you know left field ideas regarding in, installing the shot clock? No, I think just to recap, you know, the, the big reason sounds like we're both for it. I'm both for it is, is that towards the end of the game stalling, um, the stalling, the entire game is an outlier. It doesn't happen too often, but at the end of the game, you'll probably see that, you know, in a close game, 75% of the time, 60% of the time, and it disrupts the flow. So that's where really, I feel it would make the greatest impact. There's also other areas where having a shot clock would impact the game that we kind of already talked about you know, player development, um, strategy, um, you know, more possessions. So uh, I'm for it. Um, hopefully things change here and uh, hopefully I'm coaching with the shot clock soon and it'll be awesome. Yeah, I would honestly, I'd be surprised if Michigan didn't have it within the next five years. Like if they didn't have it within the next five years, I'd be pretty surprised. I know we just had uh, Coach Smith, who's a varsity coach in, in Georgia. He was one of our first podcast episodes. And it was funny, we interviewed him before the shot clock got voted in. Um, and he was like, ah, you know, if we had it, it'd probably hurt us a little bit because, you know, we're, we're not real athletic. We use a ton of time. We really work for each possession. Um, and so it's just kind of interesting to hear from different coaches of like, I just don't want the shot clock because it could hurt my team's chances of winning based on the competition we're playing. And the fact that we found a style that is slower, that has led to us winning more games. Um, and so I think there's a handful of, of coaches out there in the same boat. And I mean, I understand like it's, it's a competition, right? You want to win the game. So if that's, if that's a big part of what affects your team winning, you got a pretty good argument for not wanting a shot clock, right? Yeah, I agree. Well, Coach, thanks again for uh, joining the Coach's Edge podcast. Coach is a big uh, contributor to what we have going on with the Coach's Edge website, which is getting near beta trials soon. So if you're listening, you want to learn more about the Coach's Edge online platform to help you develop your program, 
You can hit us up on Twitter at Coach's Edge One. You can contact me personally, contact at KramerBasketball.com. And we look forward to talking with you guys soon. Thanks again and get after it today. Thanks for listening to this episode. We definitely hope that you benefited from it. Uh, If you did, please share it out with somebody who also might find it beneficial. And leaving a positive rating and review would go a really long way, affect the algorithm as we try to continue to grow the Coach's Edge. Thanks again and get after today.